Hey, AV Clubbers, this is your senior editor, John Tatey, and it's time for another episode of Mom on Pop, the podcast where my mom, Bonnie Tatey, weighs in on all manner of pop culture. Mom, are you ready to weigh in again this week? I am. Great. It's nice to hear your voice. And you too. Today we will be reviewing Jurassic World and the Showtime series Inside Comedy. We're taping right before the 4th of July. Do you have big plans for the 4th? Don't you hate when it falls on a Saturday? You don't get the extra day. Uh, Well, every day is an extra day for me. (laughs) That's true. Fair enough. So, you know, I could care less what day it falls on. Uh, So do you have any plans? No, none. Why not? You're not even going down and see Leap and Lena in the parade? No. Not even down to the parade. It's just too much trouble. (laughs) Too much trouble. What, now, what trouble is it? It's the next town over. Oh, parking, and then there's people you have to avoid, people you don't want to see. I guess those are the same things. Yeah, who don't you want to see? Oh, the list is enormous. I, you know, just don't want to chit-chat with people. I do love chit-chat, but I just don't want to, you know, people that you see once a year, oh, how you doing, how care if i yeah. don't see you all year i'm probably not that interested and you're probably not that interested in me right you'd rather just have them be completely dead to you right <laughs> right i just want to go down i want to eat a well-grilled hot dog have a snow cone watch the parade and come home the parking is always a chore because there's a couple lots that fill up instantly and then people just park on the side of the road and the line extends almost the way back into our our town, into the next That's town. That's right. That is correct. I used to love the parade, though, and they used to throw a lot of candy. The candy throwing tapered off over the years, which I did not care for that trend. And um, I don't know why it tapered off. Yeah, everybody still loves candy, right? Right. Spend a couple bucks. Yeah, no kidding. And, of course, Leap and Lena was always the highlight. <laughs> it's this old car that uh, does wheelies, basically, right? It, it just right. stops in the front end, bucks up in the air. And this is, hey, I know folks may be listening and thinking, what the hell is that? But, listen, when you live in rural New Hampshire, you grow up in <laughs> rural New Hampshire, this is what you do for entertainment. You go see a car jump around a little bit and it was the highlight of the fourth of july and i'm not making this up am i this is the, you are not sadly is what people look forward to and it, it still has leap and lena right uh the last time we went leap and lena was there leaking a lot of gasoline but <laughs> i bet i bet she was <laughs> but i have to say it's no more offensive than the horses in the parade that, that oh made yeah their little treasures for the unicycle i think they all hold it in uh for a couple (laughs) days oh yeah and the unicyclists that's right uh they'd always because one of the local teachers uh was big into unicycling right so we'd have a little class of kids uh and they never were very good they were sadly (laughs) not i think they went to the uh macy's day parade though one year oh that's right God, I can't believe that. The most stumbling and bumbling <laughs> unicycle display you've ever seen. They'd cycle for about 10 feet and then wobble and have to stop and... I, I, Start over. God, it was just agony to watch them. Oh, God, wasn't it, though? <laughs> so I can't believe you're going to miss all that. Yeah, well, you know, my heart can only take so much. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, we have a contest to attend to. There was a secret contest hidden at the end of uh, the podcast last time for people who listened all the way through, and I can't believe how many entries we got. I thought we had a very good showing. Yeah. What do you mean? Do you think most people don't co- re- don't listen all the way through? I don't know. I guess they do. You know, you know, John, sometimes the commenters are very cruel, but I don't expect it from you. <laughs> the commenters are very nice. Well, there's always one asshole that that's, has to say that's, something. It doesn't matter what you're doing. There's always one asshole, and you just have to let that go. So the contest uh, was to have uh, the Twitter folks, people tweeted you their stories of being embarrassed with their parents, right? Yes. And we yes. got a bunch of good ones. Uh, what what were a couple of your favorites? Well, this, this was my absolute favorite, just because I can picture it, you know, sort of place myself in it. Right. And this was from Haley Travers, and she said that her dad gave her the birds and bees talk in a Chinese restaurant, and that it involved an egg roll. <laughs> <laughs> you could picture it, can't you? I can. I can just picture it and just how horrifyingly long it must have seemed. And, you know, it really is just the very last thing you want to hear from your parents. Because usually, now this this I don't know, but by the time my mother had this talk with me, I already knew. Yeah, sure. And I think I just left it up to the school with you kids. Well, Dad gave me a little talk once. Oh, he did? Yeah. Dad said, uh, let's go uptown for some ice cream or something like that. It wasn't ice cream, but uh, let's, uh, why don't you ride uptown with me, Johnny? And somehow I knew, I think because it was my 16th birthday or close <laughs> to it. The night and, before your wedding. Yeah. Yeah. I, Dad, I, don't, I mean, 16 seems pretty late, but yeah, Dad just, it wasn't really the birds and the bees talk, <laughs> but it was just the like, wear a condom and uh, and have sex with people you really care about because that's much better than uh, just sort of uh, pointless sex. Oh, it's very uh, good advice. Yeah, the two pieces of good advice, and that was it. That was the that was the yeah. person the beast talk. Well, I think for this person, Dad thought it was important to get into the um, the mechanics of it. it seems that <laughs> way. Yeah. But then I don't know how you go on and eat the egg roll with any gusto, you know? <laughs> it would seem sort of tainted to me. Uh, what other favorites jumped out of you? Because I've got a couple, too. Uh, well, will you tell me one of yours? I loved uh, Sean. I'm sorry, Sean. I'm going to mangle your last name. I'm not sure if it's Cooter or Cooter yeah. or uh, Cutter. But um, Sean <laughs> just said that his mom said to him, You're weird, honey. I'm so glad you have friends. <laughs> You're weird, honey. That's great. That's a good one. And another one of my another one of my favorites was Puddles. Puddles, I know. Michelle. You know, the sad thing is, I could easily be that person. Oh yeah, Michelle Gallerani wrote in and she said that her mom had to go to the bathroom, but very sweetly did not want to miss any of her soccer game. And then when Michelle scored, mom cheered so excitedly. That she beat her pants. Oh Lord! And the other parents call her puddles. Puddles. I think that's so. That was funny. a good one, Michelle. Mm. Love it, love it. Well, how about this one though? This one from Dave, with his dad driving him to his first date at the movies, and on the car speakerphone, his mom asked asked yes. his dad if he had told him about condoms, and he was twelve. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Speakerphone mishaps are some of my favorites. 
Yeah, I, I think they are, too. Uh, and that's why I always live in fear of somebody being on speakerphone. Yeah, right. I'm not always the most proper person. Boy, we had so many good stories that people sent in, but now it's time to choose a winner. Are you ready, Mom? I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to plug these into the random.org generator. I'm going for Haley. Okay, and our winner is Anastasia. Oh, she was the yeah. first one. I she think. was the first one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she, what was her story? Well, her mom saw that she had borrowed the BBC miniseries Fingersmith. Uh, it's about two young girls who scam each other, and then they fall in love, <clears throat> I think, with each other, right? Uh, I, I would imagine well, so. Well, yeah. I'll just leave that off. Anyway, she left it on the kitchen table, uh, only to hear her mother yell, what lesbian da- uh, What daughter of mine is getting lesbian porn from the library? Jeez. <laughs> and her mother was so embarrassed that she had embarrassed Anastasia that she bought her the book of the miniseries. Oh, that has a happy ending. That did. Ha- that did have a. That was a, a nice thing for mom to do. That was, so mom was embarrassed that she'd embarrassed Anastasia. Right. Wow, that's a nice mom. Very nice. All right. Well, congratulations, Anastasia. We will be in touch soon so that mom can send you your care package. And boy, mom puts together a good care package. What's going to be in there this time, mom? Oh, there's candy and a T-shirt. And um, I think there's a mug in this one. I'm not sure. Oh, wow. Uh, what uh, what T-shirt is it? New Hampshire. New Hampshire T-shirt. Okay. Yeah. It says New Hampshire on it. Boy, New Hampshire's looking beautiful. That's right. I sure enjoyed my weekend there. Didn't we have a good time? Well, you won at Miniature Golf, so that was that was the cherry on the weekend. That right? was nice for me, yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, shall we move along to our reviews this week? We should. And we're going to begin with Jurassic World. You may have heard of it. Jurassic World isn't a reboot. It takes place on the same island as the original Jurassic Park, and its backstory suggests that after the somewhat rocky start depicted in the original film, the park somehow got back on track and built itself into a thriving tourist destination. We rejoin the action 22 years after the events of Jurassic Park, just in time to see everything go wrong again. Oh, no, 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 you're fired! Oh, you're fired! Do not fire! Put 12 amps in these animals, they're never going to trust me again. Lou, stand down. Stand down. Hey, hey, what did I just say? Delta, I see you. Back up. Okay. Good. Good. Jurassic World is rated PG-13, and it's in theaters now. Consult your local newspaper's Showtime listings. Uh, Mom, did Jurassic World leave you suffering from dino fever? Well, it wasn't dino fever. It was some kind of fever. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, first of all, and this is my problem, okay? Mm -hmm. Didn't you learn anything from Jurassic Park? No, apparently not. And that that was the strange thing. That uh, they just, it's all the same mistakes all over again, it felt like. Right. So it's like, you know, if you're, if you're dumb enough to, to make this park all over again, do you re- do I, am I dumb enough to sit here and watch this movie? Now, did you like the original Jurassic Park? Yeah, I thought it was a very interesting idea. Me too. I thought it was interesting. I thought this was 
pointless. Yeah, even putting the even if you can put your issues with the premise aside, right? You just didn't enjoy it as a film. Well, eventually, right, exactly, exactly, because it just seemed like the same thing all over again. Yeah. Except it was less interesting this time because, again, what what do you people think is going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. What, that, that was so frustrating to me. I had a hard time leaving that behind to actually um, enjoy the staging of the of the movie yeah. and, and enjoy the dinosaurs, which I don't really care about dinosaurs. But at one point, I started to become very concerned because I thought there were small children in the theater with us. Yeah. And I really didn't think it was appropriate. Well, it's uh, pretty borderline. We had a kid who, I'll get into this more later, because I have a little theater experience story okay, to tell. Okay, all right. But uh, we had definitely had a young kid in our theater. Um, but I, you know what, I found this movie very cynical, and not just for the reasons you've outlined, that it's so similar to Jurassic Park and really all the Jurassic Park movies that have come along. Uh, but uh, I found it cynical in the sense that like, for example, they they call out this insidious influence of sponsorship, you know, and of and of oh corporate America. And yet there's product placement everywhere. All over the place. Everywhere. And I don't think, you know, I think they, it seems like the movie believes it's very cute and it sort of gets out of any guilt or shame of this excessive product placement. I mean, if I could count the number of, shots where the uh, shot tracked across the Mercedes-Benz logo. Yeah. Yep. Um I practically saw that when I closed my eyes at the at the by the end of the film. But I, you know, I don't think you get out of um the cravenness of product placement just by saying, "Oh, isn't corporate America terrible?" And by the same yeah. token, <laughs> I I don't think that you get to have this tedious military uh subplot uh, and then, you know, where we're all supposed to hate the military and then have these big set pieces that are built around kaboom, you know, weaponry where everything's right. blowing up. Like either right. you're going to fetishize it or not, but the movie constantly tried to have it both ways. Both ways. That's right. And at parts, parts of it I thought were were comical that were not meant to be comical. <laughs> like Ooh. what? Well, like, oh, look at these scratches. What, you know, what do oh, they... Oh, Lord, yeah. And, like, how uh, how long has this, this dinosaur been in there, and now you're seeing scratches? Because this is the first time he's ever gone over to the side and scratched and tried to claw his way out, or clawed his way out. Well, not only that, he's got this, you know, this sort of Mission Impossible plan where they're going to think that the dinosaur got out from the scratch marks. I mean, the whole, all the plotting through that stretch was just like, I am sorry, I am checking out of this story. And it was early, but that was just a whole train wreck to get the movie going. Going, to get it going. And, And also, let me just tell you this too, Bryce Dallas Howard running around in her high heels was just driving me bonkers <laughs> yeah <laughs> god that's funny you say that someone else said that to me uh, and they even call it out at one point chris pratt says to her you're not going to be able to run around in those terrible shoes and then it's and he's right but they just never acknowledge it again right and she continues running around in those shoes you think you'd at least snap the heels off right or they'd get stuck in the mud maybe yeah. Yeah, something know. you know just give me something i can like about this i didn't like anything well let me say this i do think she is quite beautiful with all her makeup on but without all that 
help. You know, she's just a pretty regular-looking gal. <laughs> wow. Poor Bryce Dallas Howard. Well, she's she's a very lovely girl, but this looked like she had crystal eyes, and I don't know what the heck they were doing to her. You know, let me get made up like that. What about uh, what about Chris Pratt? What did you think of his performance? Um, I thought it was okay. You know, it was... You liked him a lot in Guardians of the Galaxy last year, I remember. Well, I did like him, and it was really the first thing, and maybe it was the first thing, that he had done since... Uh, Parks and Rec. How soon we forget. Mm-hmm. You know, and to see him as a not a doofus was, was a real treat, I thought. Yeah. You know, this movie just annoyed me, Johnny. Well, I, you know, I think it's symptomatic of the movie that they took one of the most charming stars in Hollywood right now, Chris Pratt, and all he did was frown and grumble the whole time. Yeah. I, th- I think he smiled maybe once or twice, and, uh, you know, the original movie had more wit and humor about yeah. it, even as, even amid this action and these life or death situations. Right. It had a charm to it that this movie really lacked. Uh, and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, oh, Lord. I, anytime he came on the Is screen. Is he the one that played the refrigerator? <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just does nothing for me. Yeah. The refrigerator, what does that mean? Just that he looks like a big block. I don't know. He doesn't... Well, he acts like one, too. Well, that's what I mean. He's just, he's just a... I don't understand his acting. I don't understand him. They could have cut out that whole plot line with the military conspiracy, and I think they would have maybe had more room for the rest of the movie to breathe. Oh, I think they needed to fill this movie up with lots of crap. Yeah, yeah. So I saw this this movie in uh, with recliners. Now, I've never had this experience before. I've seen it, and I've heard of it, and uh, but we go into the movie theater, and they, it's been outfitted with these uh, puffy recliners instead yeah, of the usual too. theater seats. You, you had the same thing? Oh, yeah, I've been to two movies with those recliners now. Well, this is my first one, because we just got a car, so we drove out to suburbia to see oh. this one. Right. Congrats on the car. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we so we went to the uh, suburban megaplex, and they had these recliners, and it was really nice. I liked it, except that I think maybe it makes people even more inclined to feel like this is their living room at home, right? But they're okay. Yeah, okay. Well, what were you going to say? Well, they're they're not close together. They're not that close together. But but you, people sit not right on top of each other in their own living rooms. Right. And I and think, talk. you know, I think the fact that uh, they're not close together, maybe you can get away with a whisper and nobody's going to notice and that's fine. But yeah. so this couple walked in with their, uh, he must have been four year old son. Oh. And he's, you know, chattering during the trailers. And you just, I mean, I just kind of grab my armrest like, oh boy, here we go. And you know here what? Here we go. This movie, as it turned out, about 15 minutes in, he was still chattering a lot. And I was just like, this, I can tell this movie is going to be so boring that I don't really care that much. And I'm just going to suffer through it. But he just would not shut up. And, you know, his parents are sort of giving him the half hearted shushes. And you know what? That just makes me even angrier. You, yeah. If you can yeah. tell. All the kid is being annoying. Either get him to actually shut up or yeah. leave. Those are your options. The occasional little shh to show me that you care, that does nothing for me. Right. My issue is not with your, you know, parenting acumen per se. It's with this noisy kid. So 
he's climbing all over the chairs and he gets on his mom's lap and he doesn't even want to be there. He keeps saying, like, let's come back tomorrow. I don't want to watch this now. And on and on. I don't blame him. He had more taste than anyone else in the theater. I'll give him that much. (laughs) But finally, halfway through, I leaned over and I said, hey, this is not your living room. Please be quiet. Love it. And it worked. And I don't know if it's ever worked in my life. And it was this was the great success of the day. I sat yeah. through this dull, cynical, just unimaginatively directed movie. And but this I took this one success and that I asked someone to shut up and they actually shut up. Because you know what yeah. usually happens is they shut up for two minutes and then it's just back to the same old, you to know, the and then you're right. really stuck. Right. Or they pull out a gun and shoot you. Yeah. Well, one time when I went to see the uh, Star Trek movie, you know, uh, Scott Jones, uh, my friend, who you know very well, of course. He's got my a- friend, too. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, he got up and asked some people to be quiet, and uh, they it turned into a big shouting match. And then the whole theater got into it, telling the both oh. of them to shut up. And you've heard this story, right? No. Oh, Lord, it was terrible. Yeah, it was the same situation. This guy had brought in, came in in the middle of Star Trek with his, again, must have been four, three or four-year-old kid, way uh-huh. too young. And yeah. the kid just keeps babbling and chattering, and the guy, dad doesn't do anything about it. And they're two rows behind us. And Scott just gets up and turns around and quietly says, like, hey, maybe you, know, maybe you should take the kid outside, or he's talking a lot. And the guy immediately stands up and says, don't you threaten my kid. Don't you threaten my kid. You know, wow. just a sort of classic New York asshole escalating yeah. it to a million right off the bat. And, you know, Scott is just like, okay, I, you know, I just want, you know, I just wanted some quiet. And the guy is screaming and yelling. And then other people are saying, shut up, shut up. We're watching the movie. And, oh, it turned into this whole scene. Oh, God. And on the way out, the um, the guy, we were walking out and the guy grabbed Anna's sleeve as we were walking out and said, like, tell him to mind his own business or something. But I almost, I think that's the closest I've ever come to actually punching someone because I was already furious, and then, right. you know, for him to sort of accost my wife this way. Yeah, I agree. Nobody uh, touches your wife. So, uh, yeah, those are, my, those are my stories of shushing failure and success. That's really sad. I would think by now that, uh, as Americans, we would have it down how to go to a movie and enjoy it and what the premise is. But apparently we just don't. We just, I, 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 no. I do not get that. I don't get that. We... Uh, we can't seem to agree. There's the uh, there's the texting camp, and there's the talking camp, and there's the come in and shut up and watch the movie camp, and uh, never shall the twain meet. I guess not. Any other uh, comments on Jurassic World? Uh, if you haven't seen it, I I would I would rent the uh, first one and enjoy that at home. You know, in your underwear and a big bowl of popcorn from your own kitchen. <laughs> Okay, that's a good tip. I like that. Um, yeah, I haven't seen the first one in a while. I want to go back and see it now. I want to see a movie that was directed with some verve and written with some imagination. God, yeah, I've... and somebody that gave a rat's ass, really. Uh, yeah. I, you know, 
I really hated this. I hated it more than I thought. I went in expecting, you know, having an open mind about it. But right. boy, it really was. It's one of those movies where, and I wonder if you get this too, like, you know, and this happened to me with video games a lot. And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but sometimes in, I'd be playing a video game and I'd get maybe half an hour, 45 minutes in, and I'd know i know what this was going to be. I'd seen it a million times before mm. in other games because I had to play so many games. But I knew, like, I still had to play it for 10, 20 plus hours to review it. And I would just, oh, God, it would just fill me with this sense of dread. And this movie was kind of like that. It was about 10 minutes in, and I saw how clumsily the movie set up the, there was a whole lot of setup, my God. Um, And I saw how clumsily it was being done, and I just thought, oh, boy, here we go. I considered leaving a couple times. That's how bored I was. Really? Yeah. But then, you know, a critic can't really walk out in the middle of a movie. That's not right. I'll remember that. Yeah. What I don't understand is, is how, how uh, a movie that could be so satisfying and delicious and wonderful could, be, could just be so disappointing. Well, you know, I think it relies a lot on the computer dinosaurs. And uh, mm-hmm. I think there's maybe a younger uh, set of the population that wasn't around for the original computer dinosaurs. And yeah. so now they're impressed by that. But boy, the big fight between the T-Rex and the and the made-up dinosaur and the water dinosaur, I just could not care less. <laughs> it, it, was, it was, don't see this movie. That's my <laughs> advice. Okay. Okay, uh, what's your grade for Jurassic World? Oh, this gets a real F. A real F. Okay, let's move along to Inside Comedy, shall we? We should. Veteran comedian David Steinberg hosts Inside Comedy on Showtime, interviewing stand-up performers and comic actors with the insight that comes from a life spent making comedy himself. Consisting of laid-back one-on-one interviews, the show's previous guests have included Jerry Seinfeld, Tina Fey, Chris Rock, and Catherine O'Hara, among many other luminaries. Those are all from last season. Uh, Not all of them. Oh, yes, they are. Okay. Uh, You're interrupting my patter, first of all, and uh, second of all, even if they are, who cares? All right. I don't care either. (laughs) The show recently wrapped up its fourth season with an episode featuring Conan O'Brien and Transparent star Jeffrey Tambor. I grew up in a... I'm already seeing the huge generation gap between the way I grew up and the way my children grow up. Um, My wife, lovely wife, two children, and she's constantly asking the kids how they feel about what's going on and getting them to express themselves, and she's taking care of their individual needs and making sure that each of them is, you know, really uh, catered to emotionally. And I don't understand what the hell's going on. (laughs) Both my parents were busy all the time. It was a chaotic house, and our grandmother lived with us. And no one cared what anybody wanted. Yes. Who cared? No one yes. ever asked me, hey, if someone had said, hey, Conan, what is it you'd like to do? Yes. I'd have shit my pants, you know? <laughs> Inside Comedy is available on the Showtime Anytime streaming app, and episodes from the first two seasons are available for purchase on Amazon and Google Play. Mom, you've been a fan of the show for a while, right? I have. I have. I, and I'm sad that I just found it this year, but now we'll, we'll have the pleasure of going back and seeing last year's um, Yeah, well, there's episode. been three seasons before this season, so there's a lot oh, of Oh, really? Watch. Three yeah, seasons? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. I think this is a really smart show. I, I just love it. Uh, tell me what you like about it. I think David Steinberg really knows his craft. He has 
a lot of uh, experience, he has a lot of history, and he knows his subject. Like an academic, you know, not yeah. just, you know, I played, uh, you know, Steamy Joes and not, not just that. He really knows his craft. And he, and he speaks very intelligently um, with these different uh, comics. And it's very insightful and relaxing at the same time. It he, is relaxing, a, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think he's an excellent host. He's just, he's just on the ball. Yeah, I like the way you put that because uh, it is it lacks the uh, tension of perhaps a late night interview um, where you're you're always anticipating the laugh, right? right? Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but it just has a different rhythm where it is. Um, and even I've seen comedians converse with each other, and there's there's always uh, I find. It, the tension there and that they're both trying to be funny. It's yeah. just their instinct. And uh, so it's, there's a little nervousness to it again, yeah. not a bad nervousness, but it's there. And this was very striking to me because yeah, you put it very well. It's uh, so laid back and uh, they're comfortable with each other, naturally comfortable with each naturally other. Naturally comfortable. Yeah. And, and you know, they tell a little bit about their, uh, where they came from, how they got started and then some personal anecdotes sometimes that are that just make you laugh and are are very funny. Um, I just think this is a great great show. What did you like about it? I watched the episode with Conan O'Brien and uh, Jeffrey Tambor for uh, our podcast, and uh, because I wanted to see him talk to a late night host, you know, yeah, because I, I I'm so fascinated by hosts. I liked hearing Conan talk about uh, his relationship with guests. Um, and hearing him talk about, you watched this episode, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. I liked hearing him talk about how he'll go back into the green room and say hi. And sometimes he'll have a guest who'll <laughs> say, Hey, how you doing, Conan? Boy, this fruit you gave me is whatever. And then they have some weird conversation. And he says, When something like that happens, I know it's going to be good. good. And then he says, Sometimes uh, he'll walk in and the guest will be like, Well, here we are. And Conan will say, yep, here we are. And he knows it's going to be terrible. And he talked about the weird handlers that surround the guests. And uh, I just loved him painting the picture of that backstage uh, environment and how being very honest about how he reacts to a bad guest. Because as right. he mentions, you know, he can't, that can't come across in the show. He's got to be up and on for every guest. And can you imagine the, the pressure of that? of well i can imagine it in my own small way yes uh you know having done uh even having done a few like pick a choices you know the right. the people who have come in for pick a choice have been very different you know a couple of the one of the guests in particular i won't say who but was very nervous uh about the game and i sort of had to warm him up and and i had to draw him out until he got rolling you know and that was yeah. work and hopefully it didn't look like work in the video but that was hard work and then you know someone like uh like chris gethard came in and he was just game immediately he was somewhat confused but he went with that confusion yeah um, but uh yeah i liked i liked hearing him talk about that because i thought oh yeah i can you know it, it it was a, sort of a tip for me to like, oh, yeah, t trust your instincts a little bit when you first right. meet the person. Right. And that not to expect that everything is going to uh, uh, look, e it may look easy, but it isn't. Yeah. 
right. be ready to to you know bring your chops and get get to work on something. Um, what do you think of Conan? Not just on this show, but you know, what do you just think of Conan? Do you like him? I uh, I get very distracted by his hair. <laughs> I mean, who came up with that? That is really silly. You don't he, think that's silly? It his looks hair? like a comic book character. Well, that's just part of his persona at this point. Well, do you think he wears it that way on Sunday when he's uh, duffing around the house with the wife and the kids? I think it just sort of naturally does that. Oh, no, it does not. I think it does. It's like a it's like a geyser. I've never seen a picture of him where his hair wasn't like that. Well, we haven't seen pictures of him laying on the couch reading the newspaper. Well, I suppose not, but we've seen pictures of him, you know, lounging around uh, behind the scenes. And, I mean, I don't think it's as immaculately quaffed as that all the time, but I think that it's just sort of naturally erupts that way. All right. Well, if anybody knows, let us know. We uh, we are curious. Yeah, Conan, a picture of Conan with... I, you know, I just did a Google image search here, and they they all, I mean, obviously most of them are publicity shots, but uh, he it looks the same in all of them, except when he's wearing a baseball cap, and then you can't tell. Mm, true. So do you think you'll go back and watch the rest of these shows? I think I'll go back and pick and choose, because uh, there were times, and I'll give you an example, um, and I feel like I'm talking too much. I should get you in here more. No, but, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, but there were moments like when Jeffrey Tambor is talking about, oh, your executive producer made a call for me that changed my life. It's just like, do I really need to hear this story for the yeah, thousandth yeah. time? You know, this guy did me a favor to get me this job. It's just not a very interesting story. Right. And I don't want to sit through that. I mean, I really watched this episode for Conan, so I think I'll go through and pick, but okay. I will be going back and watching more. Yeah, because I really enjoyed David Steinberg's yeah. style, even if His it did style, yep. occasionally produce these dull stories yeah. and i and i think he himself is a study you know what i mean yeah <laughs> i agree i agree yeah and uh, you know it, it was very interesting for me to see john stewart who you have some um personal history with. with yeah and he was very uh not funny i thought that, that was interesting to me you know he, that these people come on and they're not necessarily as you say uh, trying to make you laugh. They're just having a conversation. Yeah. Was John Stewart unpleasant or just not funny? No, no, he wasn't unpleasant. Um, I'll tell you, I, now that I think about it, it's probably very hard to, to go from being the interviewer to the interviewee. I suppose, yeah. You're not just wired that way, you know? Yeah, yeah, it could be. So he did, he, the John Stewart episode is lousy, is what I'm hearing. No! <laughs> and you hate John Stewart. <laughs> No, but you should see Brian Cranston, too. That was a good one. Oh, okay, good. I'll definitely watch that one. Okay. Boy, he's been around. I feel Hasn't like, he, though? I feel like every week we get some, uh, we get some email banging around on the uh, internal AV Club chains with some new clip that surfaced of him in a 20-year-old sitcom or whatever. I mean, he has just been around forever. I didn't, I didn't realize that, but, you know, Malcolm in the Middle was... Wait, some years ago. Yeah, that's right. And he was doing a bunch, you know, commercial work and sitcom guest star work. And yeah, you go to his IMDb page and it goes back pretty far. Is that right? Let's see what his earliest credit is. It looks like uh, To Race the Wind, a TV movie in 1980. 
Of course, who knows? IMDb. This this is something you uh, learn too when you're working for a pop culture website. Is IMDb is so full of crap sometimes. Well, Johnny, really, that's quite negative. Well, it's the truth. Sometimes right. the information is just wrong. Wrong? Oh my God! I probably lost a million dollars in bets with your father over that. Over IMDb stuff. Over stuff that he he whipped out his uh, telephone to check it right away. <laughs> Um, so what is your grade for Inside Comedy? I think this deserves an A+. Plus. Wow. Yep. Okay, even though Jon Stewart was terrible on it. He was. <laughs> <laughs> he was not terrible. I know. Nobody was terrible. Okay, good. Even Cheech and Chong were not terrible. Oh, Cheech and Chong. Hmm. Good job, Showtime. Very good. Very good show. Oh, I, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, before, we, before we move on, can I just ask you this? Yeah. You know, I watched one episode of The Comedians with Billy Crystal. Yeah. Did you see that, any of that? Uh, you know, all I have seen is the first uh, minute and a half of a number of episodes because it comes on after Louie and the DVR would catch the beginning of it. So oh. that is honestly all I've seen of it. Why? did you? Uh, what did you think of it? That's Billy Crystal and Josh Gad in that, right? Josh Gad, right. I was trying to think of his name in the car. Well, you know, probably that minute and a half is yeah. probably just right. <laughs> oh, really? I so, think it's just terrible, and nobody nobody can be funnier than Billy Crystal. How does oof, I don't know really, Donnie? This is a real question. How does, does a show like that get on? That's just so not funny. You know, it's easy. It's easy to happen. It's hard to make a funny show. This is Billy Crystal, for God's sake. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would turn that right back at you and say, this is Billy Crystal. I mean, when's the last time Billy Crystal did something that really had you? Uh, rushing to ask for more well i expected more than this i just don't think billy crystal is that funny anymore well do people lose their funniness i mean it's not like your hair falls out well i i don't know i just haven't i haven't laughed at him in a long time i guess i'll say that i've got nothing against him and he's quite a talent and blah 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 you know respect respect but uh yeah Yeah, that's how i feel yeah. Blah, 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 respect, respect. Get off the television now. All right, thank you. I like how you were able to slide in an uh, uh, extra negative review there by the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to clear it off my page because I don't want to watch it anymore. We had too much happiness in this show with the inside comedy bit, so the comedian <laughs> stinks. You want to give the comedians a grade? You might as well. Oh, F. F. Okay, how did I know? Well, there's really two grades that get a lot of heavy usage in your grading system. <laughs> I think I gave something a C plus one. Yeah, you've given you've given a D plus too, which is a real spit in the eye. <laughs> uh, thanks for trying, but no thanks. Yeah, yeah. I always tell, uh, and nobody listens to me, but I always tell the AV club staffers is if you're going to give something a D, just give it a D, because <laughs> a D plus is just stupid. And a D minus is just extra spiteful. So I think that, I mean, I hate the grades, period, as you well know. But, um, yeah, I think it should just be a D. But I think the D plus is probably the funniest grade of them all. Okay. Now I'm going to have to go back and see who I, uh, that was somebody, I think a D plus is hopeful. Well, 
like like maybe mom mom will believe that this is not failing. D isn't really failing. I think a D plus almost feels worse than a D. <laughs> Don't you think? I guess so. <laughs> it is what it is. Hey, I'll tell you what we should review for next time is this unreal show on Lifetime. Have you seen this? No. Woo, Anna and I are into this. Okay. On Lifetime, huh? On Lifetime of all places, yeah. Wow. And uh, it stars a woman who looks just like the girl from House of Cards, but it's not her. Okay, so I'm All just right. going to clear that up for you in advance because I okay. spent the whole first half of the first episode thinking, is that? Her name's Kate Mara. It's just like, is that Kate Mara? Is that? No, it's not. Wait, it must be. <laughs> it's not. The actress's name is Sherry Appleby. She's very good, but she is not uh, Kate Mara, contrary to my belief. And I went on the internet and there's other people who were confused by that too, so I'm not the only wow. one. Wow, yeah. okay. All right, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give that a... Okay, unreal next time. Now, can I move on to my spiel? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. I don't think people are going to complain about uh, a bonus review from you. We will be back in two weeks. We'll be reviewing Lifetime's Unreal, among other things. Uh, And, of course, subscribe on iTunes. Review us on iTunes if you like the show. And uh, say nothing if you don't like the show. Tell your friends. Thank you for listening. For Bonnie Tatey, I'm John Tatey. So long for now. (laughs) 